So far, yeah. we've talked about the micro examples, guys. Now, let's look at the other side. Let's look at why or are we the only ones who's talking about alignment, basically? Are we the only ones who's stressing it? Is there anyone else or has there ever been anyone else who's gone to great lengths, you know, to achieve alignment? Let's just took, take a look at a few examples. So the pyramids of Giza. Yeah, you were saying, go ahead. Before you go to the, before you go to the pyramid. Yeah. Take two small magnets. Yeah. Let's see and see, like, depending on how you place them, right. they're going to do certain things, right? What does that say about alignment? Yeah, exactly. Attraction and repelling. Yeah. So one way you put it, it attracts. The other way, it repels. So right. you would align it toward a certain purpose. I mean, whether you want attraction exactly. or you want repulsion, or, you would right. need to know which way you have to align it to get that outcome that you desire, right? Yeah. Same goes for, like, um, using the compass. Oh, yeah. You know, where you want to go, like, and what's your true north or what's mm-hmm. your north star, right? You need right. something in life to guide you. So that's kind of like the basic principle on which we're trying to make this macro point here. Yeah. Right? So, McNality, actually, I have a personal anecdote which connects to this topic of alignment, sort of indirectly. When I was a kid, my grandfather on my mom's side, yeah. very well accomplished man, very well read man, highly literate. Self made man. Self-made man, yep. Self-made man who was born in the 20s, imagine. Was a government employee with considerable influence uh, among his peers. But at the same time, was a fanatic, a mathematics fanatic. He loved math. and Pure math, like uh, arithmetic stuff. Exactly. And there were, of course, a coterie of kids because this was, you know, a joint family. So a lot of kids yeah. from different families. And so he had I was a lot one of, of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, don't, I didn't know if you wanted to come out with that, but yeah, you, you were one of them. So you know who I'm talking about. It is our yeah. grandfather, dearest. Yeah. A man who is um, in stature, you know, pretty big, larger than life almost. Um, but he was also eccentric. And um, all of the kids were his guinea pigs, basically, because, you know, he had all this knowledge to impart on math. And so all of these kids had to take tuitions pretty much by themselves, like an hour, two hours, I guess. And I always hated my sessions because I could have rather been playing cricket with you guys, uh, having fun. But um, instead, now I have to spend an hour or two with him. And personality-wise, always, I also, I don't know why there was always a clash between us. Like, the attitudes never yeah. kind of got on the same page. It was always confrontational. It was always kind of like there was an invisible chess match going on between the two of us. And I never wanted to give in to his demands. And he always wanted to try and stump me, you know, like, catch me yeah. off guard. <laughs> through all of this, uh, through all of the torture of just being a small kid who'd rather play and not learn math we, of all things. To be, to be fair, though, yeah. he had a thing for boys over the girls. Like, all his granddaughters were his, like, dearest. Oh, yeah. Whereas Darlings. Boys yeah. were, like, yeah, like, was some expendable pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, for sure. For sure. So, he, like, I sat through classes of algebra arithmetic, blah, blah, blah. He basically had handwritten notes, notebooks of himself like that he jotted down from old textbooks that were falling apart. And I really hated all of it, all of it. With a vengeance, I hated it, with a passion. Even today, I regret the time spent, you know, <laughs> with all of those other things. 
except for geometry which is the oddest and weirdest thing i mean back then i hated even that you know but little less i hated it less than all the other branches the way he was you know teaching geometry to me he basically made notes from an old old ass math book called plane geometry and plane is like the 3d plane 2d plane p l a n e you know plane right. geometry and he told me about that book he said you're never going to find this book now uh it's been years actually that it's it's been out of print i've tried extremely hard to find copies of this book i've not been able to find and the one copy that i've had so far has been in tatters and so i've done whatever i could to replicate it into my notebook and so he used to document this notebook which was like an account ledger of sorts and he used to fill in he used to basically replicate the entire textbook into it the theorems yeah. and the questions he, and the diagrams right he used to draw the diagrams with pencils and actual instruments meticulous yeah, meticulous. yeah he would color code them like yeah color yeah, code super, exactly like, like theorems yeah. would be in one color like green color pilot pen Yeah and then yeah. axioms would be in red color uh, pilot pen or something right to that extent right. and that itself gave me pause you know just to see the amount of work he was putting into it then he told yeah. me about this book he said the best thing about this book is as far as geometry is concerned i have not found a better book in all my life apart from this plane geometry and the best thing about this book is it actually talks about geometry the way it is meant to be talked about it actually teaches it the way it is meant to be taught extremely simple language painfully simple almost you know the kind of yeah. simplicity you couldn't find today no matter how much you wanted to pay for it they might as well have said plane geometry like the other plane oh that's <laughs> a good one exactly um yeah. and he told me that the greatness of this book i mean i'm paraphrasing here these were not his exact words but he kind of communicated to me that the greatness of this book was in its simplicity for me as a kid that that was the very first time that i i was even encountering a correlation between greatness mm. and simplicity mm yeah which is such a huge thing yeah probably in your 40s or 50s if you're lucky exactly you know you were re- i was going to say it's going to take a lot more wisdom and effort and life experience to get there exactly so he's already like lay, laying that foundation for you so which is and not even that intention you know it was he was just yeah. trying to pitch this book for me like he was just mm. trying to pitch the book he was saying the greatness of this book is in its simplicity and mm. that kind of stuck in my head i never i didn't realize it back then but as i grew mm. older i understood oh that's where i get my correlation of greatness and simplicity from mm. that was the seed you know Yeah. But then coming to the contents of the book as well it was really that simple it was so simple that as a kid who wanted to rather play who wanted to be anywhere else in the world at that moment rather than there i was still able to appreciate you know how simple it mm. was Beauty. and how non condescending it was almost you know mm. how it was like just a meeting of two souls I am talking about the author here not my grandfather you know like uh, the right. author who is communicating with you like he's just meeting another soul like a kindred spirit yeah. there's no assumption yeah. of superiority you know there's no assumption mm. of this intellectual barrier or anything like that or like the guru disciple exactly. kind of whole dynamic where it's like yeah I'm on a level playing field with you I'm just going to tell it like it is and then this is how level simple and plain field a plain geometry play, exactly I guess that's right Tiger subscribe. And I was almost able to appreciate that to th- to that small extent even back then. Then I saw these simplistic 
uh, diagrams and you know geometrical figures and the rules just looking at how for example two sets of parallel lines intersect each other and now because they are both parallel the angle that the line forms at the top is going to be exactly the same as the angle that forms at the bottom i don't remember but <clears throat> the fact that just the way you were changing the arrangement of these lines or angles you were getting these relationships you know you were getting these consequences or side effects and right. that also kind of stood out to me like this is a different thing that i'm watching here i can actually see correlation i can actually see um mm. one thing leading to the other i'm able to connect the dots right. you know i can see the progression of things or i'm able to see the different elements and how they're aligning you know with each other and after that of course i kind of threw it out of my mind got distracted with all the other shit yeah his classes were of course they went on for a period of time and then they stopped but after that over a period of years i still never lost my appreciation for geometry for that reason because for all the other branches of math i was thinking i'm never going to use this anyway trigonometry calculus for what i want to do in life or for what i'm interested in i'll probably enjoy the fruits of it you know good cameras mm. yeah but when it came to geometry i was not able to brush it aside in the same way you know because it seemed to be so fundamental to everything because what we're talking about is we're talking about construction of things how you make things up we're talking about architecture you mm. know which is all nothing but geometry we're talking about mm. the alignment of planets and how the distances between them have consequences or have effects on gravity that's again a geometrical alignment which is causing something else some kind of side effect and yeah yeah we're talking about real life examples that you might have noticed yourself that you may be in a certain room or in a certain house which is built in a certain way if it is built well and what i mean by that is if there's enough amount of light and you know cross ventilation yeah. of air basically what they try to focus on in feng shui and you know vastu right exactly yeah the level of well-being of people who are living in that sort of space over a period of time versus their level of well-being being in a dingy cramped kind of building which does not allow proper light flow or flow of air yeah. i'm sure we've seen our own examples of this right i i was telling you right here too like in the market kind of coming down to brass tacks on how properties are directly valued mm -hmm. is a simple phenomenon of how high the ceiling is right that literally makes discernible difference in people's lives because if the ceiling is 9 feet versus 12 feet right long mm -hmm. that makes an impact on people's like mental health yeah. almost it, like inspires like expansiveness and it it feels like energy is actually flowing through the house more so people actually pay top dollar for high ceiling you know people appreciate those things and so it's not much of an extension to see that other forms of geometry and like placement and alignment right and a crucial part sometimes it goes above our heads but in things like vastu and constructs like vastu and feng shui mm -hmm. you can see easily how these building blocks can come together yeah to build like something that's really powerful yeah yeah and especially in architecture for me is like you know art that affects people you know over years you yeah know? It's not like I mean you could have the most beautiful Picasso hanging on your wall and it may make yeah. you feel a certain way but is it yeah. really going to affect the quality of your life and the mm. life of your family and the generations that come after you because of the yeah. you know the castle or the stone house or whatever you've built but you've built yeah. in a right way you know so mm. that sort of got my fascination only higher and higher for geometry 
but of course it is credit to our grandfather it goes all the way back yeah. to him for a few other things as well like correlation between simplicity and greatness you know and yeah language let's not yeah he was big into language he was huge into language oh yeah urdu hindi telugu english like he was a pretty much a master of like four or five languages yeah yeah so yeah that was just the one thing i wanted to say uh, this is a personal anecdote i had about him and how like my appreciation for geometry and alignment kind of started at a very early age i mean the seeds were sown back then but eventually over time i ca- i was able to connect the dots like going back into time and actually seeing yeah. which is an, another form of alignment right like you get to a, a stage where you're an adult man but if you're still yeah. able to trace back the different points in your life that probably led mm. you to a certain way of thinking or a certain perspective that's also an alignment yeah. because then you can discover whether that was formed in the right way or you know was there a misstep somewhere right introspection right that's yeah. maybe about drawing lines between your present and your past oh yeah and yeah. how you converged onto this point basically yeah, yeah. I, i guess it can be seen as geometry too <laughs> it is If you're able to draw the lines out yeah i do I think geometry it's not easy is probably another uh, so <laughs> that we could come up with adding to that introspection geometry is easy <laughs> yeah yeah but geometry it's plain <laughs> yeah it's plain <laughs> uh, like yeah go nuts with the pyramids now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah thousands yeah. of years ago these three pyramids of giza were built and i i'm not sure i'm not sure how many people are aware of this but the three pyramids are in perfect alignment with the orion's belt so the orion orion's belt in case someone's not aware there are those three stars kind of in uh, if you look at what's that called uh, ursa major the constellation ursa major or the great bear and you look at the waist section of that you have three stars in a line those three stars are called the orion's belt and these three stars are not in a straight line you know they're a little bit like the third one is a little bit away from like tilted away from the other two so when these three pyramids were built they were built in exact alignment with the orion's belt the stars in the orion's belt exactly like how one star is kind of off kilter you know tilted with respect to the other two over here as well the third pyramid is a bit tilted to a point where you could probably draw an imaginary line touching the tips of these pyramids with the stars of the Orion's belt. Now the point is why in hell would they exert so much effort? It would have costed them. We can't even imagine how much it costed them. It's debatable how they even constructed these pyramids. That will go into a whole another topic now which I don't want yeah. to do. But why go through the trouble, you know? You wanted to build pyramids, you just build pyramids. Cool. Why would you need alignment of these three stars with the three stars in the Orion's belt? Why would you need alignment of the Nile, the River Nile with the Great Pyramid? You know, the River Nile when they built the pyramids used to flow just by the Great Pyramid. And actually under the pyramid there's this limestone aquifer which is porous rock. And so with the rise and fall of tides, with the water going up and down through, you know, this porous rock there was actually static charge being built oh wow a natural static wow. charge and you know the funniest thing is nikola tesla when he mm-hmm. built his prototype of you know the electrical tower or something he chose right. a very specific location for that it was not randomly okay. built he chose to build it on an aquifer okay so the an aqua body in this So aquifer is basically a base of porous rock you know through which water kind of can go up and down 
Percolate. Okay, Percolate I see. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he chose to build his tower many, many years later on a similar kind of location, which had an aquifer under it. Because with the movement of the tides, it was building up a static charge. And mm. that charge could be channeled for some purpose, you know. So why would you align your three pyramids to the Orion's belt with such precision? The margin of error is in 0.000 something degrees. That is hundreds pl- thousands place or something, right? Yeah. Decimal. That's insane yeah. to think of. You know, why go through that Such trouble? Ginormous exactly. Things, yeah. Unless yeah. there was a purpose to it. Why build your pyramid on the Nile right above an aquifer unless there's a purpose to it? The flow of water up and down is creating a static charge. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what were they doing with the static energy that was being created? Were they trying to channel it? Were they trying to amplify it in a certain way? Were they trying to tune it in a certain way? You know, for everything, there was a certain purpose. Look at yeah. how much purpose is kind of built into it. There's layers of purpose here. There's a purpose behind aligning these three pyramids to the Orion's belt. There's a purpose behind building this pyramid just by the Nile River. There's a purpose behind the design and the measurements of the pyramid itself. It's very popularly known that the pyramid actually encodes a lot of mathematical information within it. Now, what could be the purpose of that? People tend to say that one of the purposes is, of course, you can figure out exactly when it was built uh, by looking at, you know, what the constellation was uh, at the time, etc. Some kind of an uh, astronomical alignment through which you can deduce it. But the larger purpose was, what if there was a cataclysm? You know, what if there was an earth-shattering, civilization-ending apocalypse? And how do you predict that basically? Well, it's not so much about predicting that because I, I think, I guess they predicted it already. Right. And that's the reason okay. why they built this because the idea was how do you ensure your future generations are imparted the knowledge that you have? You know, whatever you know about math, whatever you know about any of these other subjects, how do you make sure they get their hands on it? Can you trust paper? You know, can you trust scrolls? Can you trust um, right. engraved tablets? Because mm. when we're talking about a level of destruction, right? Floods. Yeah. The scale of which we can't imagine. The Ice Age, exactly. So yeah. that level of destruction, there's almost nothing that's going to survive it. All of right. our server farms, Google server farms, etc. Nothing. All of that information that's all in all Not these hard drives, pretty much yeah. it's going to be lost. Yeah. So we don't have a foolproof way to actually share information even today, you know, in such an eventuality. These people way back then figured that the best way you could do is encode information it's almost like memetics like memes Mm -hmm. that's what they do in memes right you encode right meaning yeah which is fluid right it tends to change over time uh but they encoded math they encoded fractions they encoded ratios all of this into it maybe trusting that man's inquisitive nature man's ability to connect the dots eventually probably will lead him to connect the dots and figure out hang on, you know, I'm getting a whole language out of this now. I know Mm. math now because of this pyramid thing. Right. So that generally it is considered to be the main purpose. Mm. Okay. Apart from the other main purpose being an initiation kind of a center of sorts. What that means is initiation of a certain individual or a group of people through, through attenuation of frequencies or energies. And how do you get this attenuation? By basically channeling. That's the whole reason behind aligning it with the stars. 
You know, that's the whole reason right. behind yeah. aligning it with the River Nile. That's the whole reason mm-hmm. behind building it on an aquifer so that they could right. channel it upwards. Right. The basic point is, you know, beyond being cool, you know, kind of like an episode on megastructure. ancient yeah. uh, monoliths and megastructures, etc. Look at the amount of stress, look at the amount of effort and energy these people put in for alignment. And we still couldn't do that, by the way. We still can't like, do Like, we couldn't, we can't cut stone that, that big. Exactly. We sure shit can't carry that. And even if you try to, like, put it into the Nile and bring it to that, it's like, I mean, modern scientists have said that's, like, next to impossible. Exactly. So how did these guys go through all that effort to do it back then? Mm. And why does that precise, astronomical, geometrical precision important for them to, you know, what what were they trying to say, basically? I think the topical answer to your question is... Like we could rephrase it to uh, say, what else did they have in alignment to be able to carry those rocks or the stones? True, isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what other? Because the prevailing theory is they use sound for a lot of it. Oh, yeah. That's sound true. waves. Yeah. So yeah. without going too deep into that, but I think, yeah, the question would be, what else did they have in alignment to be able to calculate to such a precision, to be able to get these rocks from far away quarries yeah. Um, yeah. How did they do that? Single stone. How did they do it? You know, and how did they build these pyramids? Why did they build them? But one thing is undeniable. There was a purpose to it. There's a very clear purpose to, behind everything that they did. And it's not just these pyramids. You know, the bigger question is, what did they achieve by aligning these pyramids with those three stars? That, of course, we mm-hmm. will not know. You know, that is yeah. a knowledge lost to time. Um, but yeah. they wouldn't have done it without reason. It's not an instrumental or a, a, I mean, it's not an ornamental thing that they were going for. But it could be an instrumental thing. Like I have purely instrumental. I agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking At of the, the word least, ornamental, like they're doing it just to oh, show off, you know, it's just for bragging rights, but it's oh, not right, that. Right, yeah. yeah. It is instrumental. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the very least, we know it served as a purpose of a telescope or to figure out uh, constellations and like map the sky, basically. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it was serving that purpose. And beyond that, it could be, like you said, like initiating people and driving up an energy or kind of channeling right. energy that's available. Now let's talk about another example for alignment. I'm not sure. Have you guys ever heard of ley lines? Not me. <laughs> so <laughs> McNelody and I already had a chance to kind of talk this through and discuss this. But ley lines, you know, magnetic ley lines are actually lines on Earth's crust through which the Earth's electromagnetic energy is more specifically channeled through. You know, these are natural lines. And it just so happens that whenever there's a release of electromagnetic energy, they tend to get channeled through these lines. It's Think of it as if you had a puddle of water, you know, and you pulled a streak with your finger. It's going to flow through that now because you created a path for it, right? Right. So right. it's, it's yeah. almost like that. So these lines already exist like cracks. Uh, they almost look like lightning bolts. You know, if you look from above mm. and uh, the cracks on Earth's crust and electromagnetic energy tends to get more attuned, more focused uh, through these lines. And these lines go through multiple countries. And it just so happens, weirdly enough, that some of our oldest monuments, for example, castles, churches in England or Scotland, some monuments in the US uh, mainland, and then some monuments in India, for example, the Kedarnath Temple is along a ley line. Uh, the city of Ujjain, the ancient city of Ujjain is along a ley line. 
and back then in the ancient times ujjain was you know another level basically but the point Don't they say that about varanasi too yeah yeah like that it's at the epicenter of like a, a like a main ley line or something any or it was any of these ancient living cities that we have right and not just cities yeah. like even if you take something like mount kailash you know which is so right. highly revered oh yeah that's a major one yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know we used to call it the spine of the universe actually the spinal column wow. of the universe in hinduism right. that's what it was called it was called merudand wow. The idea was that yeah. it is what connects the world above and the world below. You know, the mm. our world is in the middle, and and this kind of uh, you know the structure, this holographic representation, is common among the ancient Indian mythology, the Native American yeah. right. understanding. Yeah. There's a lot of commonalities, yeah, yeah. like South American, a lot of them. Oh yeah, yeah, Aztec, Aztec, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's almost like an access to Middle Earth or something. Tolkien's <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only that yeah. were true um yeah <laughs> oh who knows but um that's possible we haven't explored maybe yeah. go uh maybe go trekking yeah find out for yourselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah land up just outside mordor um yeah. but the point again is so there are these ley lines and now most or many of our well-known monuments well-known physical structures have been built along these lines across the world why why would people take such trouble to align this in such a way if the new newly born country of united states wants to build their white house they want to build their pentagon they want to build their capitol hill you know why wait are you are you saying pentagon's pentagon's actually built on some of these ley lines no no not ley lines but they they've built okay. it in a certain alignment of their own you know it's okay. a different okay. alignment yeah but yeah. there also exists a very purposeful alignment between mm. how the washington monument you know the uh, obelisk and uh, mm. that whole structure why are those building those buildings are existing in their positions for a very very specific reason if you go back far okay. up into the sky they actually will make into a picture for you oh right just like the pyramids do right if you look just at like it the from pyramids the sky, do yeah it's like a geometrical shape yeah just like the pyramids do so yeah. why did they bother about this in the 17th century when they just got freedom you know and they just had to build yeah. their country why did they go yeah. through all this trouble to mm. build it because they wanted something out of that you know it was a purpose they wanted energy they wanted power they wanted influence whatever they wanted whatever they going they were going for let's just say it's probably worked out well enough for them so far oh yeah, yeah. so far yeah <laughs> until now it's definitely worked out for them um so even our ancient temples right they were very purposely mm. purposefully built in certain locations and yeah. even if you're not religious even if you don't believe in god in the temple if you just go you mm. can't deny if you enter the temple complex you don't even have mm. to enter the main sanctum you know you can yeah. just be outside in the compound just sit yeah do nothing and just sit for you a while a be in the moment yeah. you'll actually come out replenished you will feel some amount of replenishment that happened without your conscious effort you know something right. was recharged and honestly there are some especially some of the oldest temples right like that have been there mm. forever in india mm-hmm. especially if you go to these temples it's an unshakable undeniable feeling that you feel recharged to some extent 
and people feel this in some of the oldest churches as well you know like i mentioned scotland england right yeah, yeah. in some of those chapels mm. as well people come out feeling the same so wow. why are different people from different cultures across different time zones going to a certain location and coming out with the same feeling mm. were those places built for that specific purpose you know unless they were built for that specific purpose this would all be one hell of a coincidence right right yeah out of random people are just going to a particular location and they just all coming out refreshed recharged like yeah. you know for no uh, damn reason it can't be yeah it's a very deliberate yeah. alignment so what we're looking at is without getting again too much into depth alignment goes that far is basically what we are trying to say in this episode yeah yes it applies to us in our daily lives as well but the greatest extent of it the scale of it people going through so much effort just to align certain things in a certain way because if you do it that way then you get something in return i just wanted to add to that point like um just going back to the temple right uh thing in hindu temples like even if you look at where they put the idols or yeah. the murtis they yeah. put it in a certain angle yeah like they put it in a certain way and the shivling is supposed to be like the union of the masculine and the feminine energies coming together yeah and the w- which direction it's facing is important too mm-hmm. and on top of this you have like sages and monks expending a large amount of their own energy to consecrate these places yeah to energize it in a way that it'll always pay it forward for people visiting that so called holy place right yeah yeah it's like they they put it in some form of a geometric um alignment, alignment. yeah yeah so that you know it serves a continuous energy purpose like you know that you can go it's almost like uh, going to a well to like quench your thirst and then coming back out and most people feel that yeah and you know that that's for societies but like even personally when you want to feel energized mm-hmm. this ties back to fitness mm-hmm. um and all of all of that stuff we were talking about earlier taking that to the next level mm-hmm. if you want to like almost make a paradigm shift to your energy levels and kind of go spiritual for lack of a better term right they had like ancient indians had tools even for that and it's called oh, yeah. yoga like yeah 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 it's almost like aligning your body and shaping your body in a certain geometric shape yeah so as to give you you know like raise that kundalini energy or so as to like touch certain aspects in your energy body yeah which when you return from you feel energized and i swear to god like empirically speaking i do sun salutations mm-hmm. like when i'm you know i had a bad rough night or i haven't slept and i do four or five of these and it literally is like putting yourself into a battery charging oh case yeah and then coming out full it's like well where did that come from i feel lighter i feel nimble i feel like i can feel it here it's like coming yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah breaks that lethargy state and it's like almost like an experiment you can do on yourself like today ah do four or five of these and yeah there are higher forms of these practices that you can get initiated into and then you feel it even as a normal sun salute it's like open source right like mm. you don't have to be initiated into sun salutations yeah you don't have to go to a group or anything you can do this at home mm-hmm. and then you would actually feel a difference you know that just reminded um, me of uh, this gujarati guy he's a senior gentleman uh, he's popular around the world actually uh, recently got viral because he barely eats any food yeah. he barely eats any solid oh, food wow. all he does is sit and stare at the sun you know and he says oh. he gets all his energy from there you know and they actually oh, checked his God. vitals and yeah. he, there was absolutely no issue with his state of uh, physical being you know in terms of his uh, measurements or his vitals etc everything was in that's line. crazy 
Yeah, it's insane. He's wow. actually, uh, people have studied him, actually. Some scientists have called him on to see how basically he's, pretty much like how they called Wim Hof to understand, you know, how he does his uh, cold water right. uh, breathing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wim Hof aligns himself by dousing himself in ice buckets, uh, for those of you that don't know, to reach uh, higher forms of <laughs> oh, yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he taught himself Sanskrit because... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He had come to India when he was young. He had come down to India when he was young. He wanted to learn yoga and he was not satisfied with, you know, the teacher model because he wanted to get it straight from the source. And the source was Sanskrit. So this German guy decides to learn Sanskrit on his own so he can read yoga in Sanskrit and understand it. That's where he got his breathing technique from, you know? Wow. Okay. And I'm sure he understood some words given that there's commonality between German and Sanskrit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the very thing about yoga, right? The word literally means in union. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, in union with what? It's yeah. kind of implied. In union with what? <laughs> it's already implied that there are multiple things. It's already implied that there are these separate elements that are in- interconnected and you have to become one with them, like in union. You know, so yeah. yoga is as much about the physical contortions. And just as much about your breathing and the prana and how you manage the prana through your body. And just as much about the mental state, your mental state of, uh, I mean, the control you have over your mind. Yeah. It's all of this in union and probably just as much uh, about the kind of food that you put into your body, you know, sattvic, rajasic, tamasic. Rajasic, tamasic, yeah. So That's true. Yeah, yeah, our guys had it figured out way back when. Yeah, dude, like. Thousands sure. of years ago. There's yeah, no yeah, denying yeah. it. There's no denying it. And since then, there's been and, corruption, of course. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, that's all for alignment for a certain purpose, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, Tamsik was, uh, I guess, it's like more of people's compulsions. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really serve a purpose, but Rajasik did. Mm-hmm. Like, for people that want, had to be warriors and Regal, fight battles. Regality. They were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had to be on the Rajasik diet, which involved meat. Yeah. And the ones that are knowledge, knowledge bearers and like more of barons of like mm. information and knowledge, those guys tended to be on a sattvic diet. Yeah. And they had to align themselves to that because they can like receive information, impart knowledge and all of that. And everything so that's for a specific too. purpose, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. for a very clearly defined purpose. And a great understanding of all of these disparate elements that had to be aligned to achieve your purpose. And I think that's really what we're trying to drive home in this episode. Especially for someone who's young, fresh out of college, in your early 20s. If you're in India, I would say even in your late 20s and early 30s. Like, unfortunately, that's the case. Can't help it. (laughs) Hey, man, people here get married when they're 40 something, so... Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, life's just beginning, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the reason we're stressing on alignment because even yeah. if you come away from the challenging requirements of yoga, right, where everything else needs to be in unison, that's extremely challenging in today's time. Yeah. But the simpler form of it in that school of thought was again alignment of thought, word, and action. And they used to say yeah. that if you just get these three right, yeah. that itself will simplify your life in so many ways. It's not that it'll be an easy way out. It won't be an easy way out because yeah. you know, if you're aligned completely in your thought, word, and action, then some people are not going to like what you're going to say. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be repercussions. Uh, but yeah. then you got to stand your ground. I mean, if it's really down to your core principles, 
and if it's really something you believe in the last episode we did was on conviction you know and you got to mm. stand uh, behind your conviction yeah. otherwise there's no point having a conviction or there's no point mm. having uh, talking about it even if you're not going to you know right. walk your talk so mm. it is going to simplify your life over and above all that bullshit just the alignment between thought word and action and we actually already went into detail in this in our two part special episode measure of man thank you subscribe and share <laughs> check it out yeah that was a good episode yeah yeah i mean it's it really gets slipped on because i can totally understand like uh, you know for a layman because you listen to podcasts because you want to kill time right like you want something to be running while you're doing your chores this kind of shit yeah. is like you got to leave everything and you got to actually sit and listen to the yeah. words and take it in and it's going to be unpleasant it's going to be extremely unpleasant if you really internalize yeah if you really yeah. internalize internalize and my late 20s mentality actually i don't know if i ever ever told mm. you this but my idea about who i was e- and you're like a fucking onion like every time i talk to you there comes <laughs> off so that's nice I, you never keep yourself boring so that's good. No, I mean I think you have the same way actually. I think that's why we got on from way back when. Yeah. But you know, my yeah. late 20s was actually the most turbulent phase for me where Oh really? It was very uh, like things were in the process of being crystallized. Like I was mm-hmm. finally getting to a point where I had a clearer understanding of what my boundaries were, you know, like what my measure was. Mm. what exactly did i stand for what exactly don't i stand for what can i tolerate what would i absolutely not tolerate like you know what would i throw everything on the line for mm. in this world you know essentially your value system exactly exactly that you had to make for yourself yeah so all of that yeah. was kind of getting crystallized in my late 20s because up until then i was kind of like a sponge i was trying to soak in as Absorb. much information as much knowledge because i didn't want to just you know um get into an echo chamber and just have mm. con- confirmation bias and you know just jump to conclusions yeah. and like yeah now i'm this now i'm that and i'm just going to yeah. argue on from that point on i just wanted to figure yeah. out like what exactly was happening on both sides or you know however many sides there are to sort of try right. and come down to but it was very unpleasant i did not enjoy mm. it one bit and the reason i'm saying this is because some of these episodes that we do like measure of man Like mm. I'm talking directly to the audience here to the listeners McNality doesn't need this but if you're young if you're fresh out of college if you're just forming um you know if you're just figuring out who you are as a man there are some episodes we've done which are not clickbait they're not popcorn entertainment in fact they go the opposite route which is they may be unpleasant they may fuck up your day but uh, it's all worth it you know tough love it's tough love for the it audience it is it right? is tough so love and yeah. it is all worth yeah. it um yeah. and so is this alignment and that's the reason why usually it's not easy episodes mcnelly we just like to keep it to 20 minutes 25 minutes and that's about right. it my bad no like no no no, no. rabbit holes my bad no i think <laughs> i think it was required for this episode and quite frankly before we got into it i had no clue that we would go this deep into it right i thought we'd yeah. be just like oh yeah three reasons why it's not easy attention span tiktok yeah. and you know third thing something else um social yeah. media and just wrap it up that's why you got to be aligned but this you, is yeah go ahead you see when our value systems align we get to go deeper so that's the purpose that's it <laughs> that's such a great yeah. point because yeah yeah The one thing that makes it not easy is appetite for depth. If yeah. you guys don't have any appetite for anything below the surface level, 
forget about alignment forget about pretty much many topics that we talked about actually in this podcast and that's the reason why you should check them all out because they're all aligned in one way or the other they're all connected you know it's a plug for all of our episodes a plug for <laughs> everything thigh gap subscribe and share all right um Perfect. but you know i think we kind of got through it all eventually I think so. I think we did a pretty good job of being comprehensive about everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think was left unsaid? Anything else you want to add? Um, I think it's a topic on its own because you talked about how you're, you know, in your late 20s, um, you had like a tumultuous period where you were like amal- yeah, amalgamating yeah. everything that came your in your wake, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And I think that lends itself well to a topic called judgment and if i oh yeah like i i don't want to open that can of worms in this episode so we'll save that for judgment it's not easy as its own thing but uh, it was already on our list believe it or not yeah oh oh, really yeah judgment was already on our list like we're not leaving anything Uh, oh dude (laughs) this guy's got it covered he's for real no it's it's thigh gap it's it's brute and myself we came up with a list of topics and judgment was one of them Um, oh wow nice and you know we don't want to leave anything to chance until of course we get a lot of uh, followers and subscribers and money so yeah Yeah. the moolah the The moolah yeah that's that's where it's at (laughs) (laughs) all right so that about covers our episode i'm not still sure if this is going to be one episode or two episodes we'll see but overall on why alignment it's not easy McNality, I want to thank you once again for joining Thigap Podcast. It's always great to have you um, because you always have your own perspective to add, and that's always Bro, great. It's been a blast. I'm so glad you thought of me for this. This was so enjoyable, and it really, literally, makes my weeks, my months, because this is the stuff that I also want to some somewhere talk, want to talk about. So mm. it gives me that um, opportunity to share with you and collaborate with you in this way. So it's been a total blast, honestly. Saying. Thank you. I can't wait for our episode on Dune. Because that's oh, going to be yeah, epic. That's going to be epic. That's going to come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. All the, all the Nolan's uh, followers, watch out. Oh, yeah. All right. So as we always say, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of our episodes, Thigh Gap Podcast. Subscribe. And share.